You are listening to episode 57. On today's episode, I get to interview Betty Maturi. I have known her for a while as we attend the same church and she was always, you know, auntie kind of figure, someone I looked up to in the community. But I didn't know too much about her professionally and what she actually does. And it hasn't been until recent years that I got into entrepreneurship myself that I got to learn more about her on that intellectual level and how she actually has a background in education. She does leadership coaching and she's a director of HR at Sask Polytechnic after spending years being a director with the health region as well in different areas. So she has quite an amazing leadership and management background. And today we talk about her and her journey and her story coming from Kenya and making it successfully in our city as well in Saskatoon in Canada. Also, if you have been enjoying these episodes, I would be so grateful if you went to Apple Podcasts and left me a rating and subscribed. I want to hear how are these episodes impacting and inspiring you. And also, you can also subscribe to me on Spotify as well. Now on with the episode. Welcome to the Okiki Podcast, where we make inspirational people known. Brought to you by your host, Fian O'Brien. everyone and welcome to the Okiki podcast and today I have the honor of interviewing a very special guest. Her name is Betty Maturi and I've actually seen her for a while. Uh, We're both uh, going to the same church and yeah just known her for a while. Kind of seen her from a distance in terms of what she does but it's only in recent years I've kind of come to really learn more about her and what she does in her role as a leadership coach. So she has her company, BM Consulting, and it's really been interesting this year just to see her in different organizations, really serving in her skills and and bringing that advice. So I don't know many people that are leadership coaches in this community, and I was just really excited to have her on the podcast, learn from her and support someone that I know from my city as well. So thank you so much, Betty, for being a guest on this podcast. Thank you so much, Fian. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, I'm very excited. And just wanted to know more about you and your background. Was a leadership coach always something you wanted to be? Or what was your educational and career journey to getting here? <laughs> That's an interesting question, Fian. Uh, where do I start? And how many hours do we have? Um, it's a long <laughs> story. <laughs> but uh, my background is actually in education. I took education as a first degree when I was in Kenya before I moved to Canada in 1992. 
when I moved to Canada in 1992, as every first generation immigrant, you know, tries to figure out what do I do now? Because your degree is pretty much useless. Um, you can't translate into work right away. So it took me a while. Um, and when I moved to Saskatoon, I was told I needed to go back to university, get a license. And that's when I thought about doing a transfer. How do I transfer my skills and my knowledge to something else along that line? Adult education was something that I was pretty, that started growing on me. And uh, that was actually kind of catalyzed when I went to Leadership Saskatoon and noted that they were using adult learning principles and in a leadership program. And I thought to myself, you know, this is something that I could actually use my previous work and education experience. So adult education became my passion. I took a master's degree in leadership and training. And there again, it's uh, leadership is more about, you know, it's about adult learning and it's about improving yourself, self, professional and personal development and making a difference in seeing results. And that really resonated with me. So I could use everything that I was trained to because it was about really helping build capacity in other people in leadership development. I did that for a few years and then I came across leadership coaching and uh, leadership coaching is another way to build capacity and to help people be their best selves and to help them attain the results that they require. So then I pursued a certified executive uh, coaching certificate from railroads as well and have been a practitioner ever since. That's amazing that you were able to really strategize and re-strategize and think, okay, this is what I have a background in. Here's an opportunity. How can I put the two together? And so when you did get all that training, what was kind of your next goal in sight? Was it automatically the consulting or was it then just uh, finding roles in a corporate way that you could actually use uh, some of these skills and trainings that you now had in Canada? Yeah. And that's been a journey as well, because when I was in Leadership Saskatoon, I was appointed as executive director right after completing. So that was a great opportunity uh, to be able to serve in a leadership role, uh, in an executive role, and really be open open up my eyes onto what else, you know, I could do. So when I transitioned from Leadership Saskatoon, I became an organizational effectiveness consultant at Saskatoon Health Region. And that was maximizing my skills in leadership and training. So as an organizational consultant, you work with leaders to help them figure out the problems that they have in their unit to build that capacity and effectiveness. So as an organizational consultant, then, you know, that's really helped me bring all the skills and talents together in the service of my organization. So when I was in that role, I think I was in that role for about a year, and then I was promoted to a manager. And then as a manager, then I started, of course, using everything as a manager. You know, you have to put in Royal Roads, you know, their tagline is live your learning. Mm -hmm. So that was a great opportunity to be in a managerial role. And I was subsequently uh, promoted to become director of organizational learning and patient and family-centered care. So my, group, my career journey has been one of quick succession. I think I attribute that into really trying to apply the skills that you have. And as a leader, you always have to influence change. You have to help other people grow you have to look at the organizational values, organizational strategic directions, and think about how your unit the unit I'm managing or directing, how it can add value 
and really help the people within that unit, you know, create value for the organization. I think that's why I, I was able to climb up the ladder quite successfully at the region and now Polytechnic. I'm doing a similar role very much to what I was doing at uh, the health region. Yeah, I really uh, like you explaining that because I read a really cool book called How Women Rise by mm-hmm. Sally Helgeson. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was really talking about, yeah, kind of like you're saying, really recognizing the skills and the mm-hmm. giftings you have. Mm-hmm. And in order to kind of, you know, leverage that and move yourself forward. And in a sense, that's a little bit of having a personal brand. Now, I know that's mm-hmm. within an organization <laughs> and yes. not, not a separate one, but at the same mm-hmm. time, it's a real thing to establish. So I guess for some of the listeners hearing you and hearing this story and going, wow, she really knew how to leverage herself. What were some of the tips and tricks you utilized to really yeah, be strategic that way and, and uh, go after your goals in a, in a bigger way? Wow, that's a big question, Fien. Why do I begin with that? <laughs> so you mentioned about strengths, and knowing your strengths is actually knowing your superpowers. So mm-hmm. you have to figure out what am I naturally talented in? Mm-hmm. What are my natural strengths? And how do I always keep building into my natural talents so that they can become established skills? Right. So there are various assessments for taking strengths. Uh, one of the ones that I took as actually strategy as part of my strength. So I have strategy, I have execution, relationship building, and positivity. So those are my top five skills. In every situation, I approach it from the perspective of how can I use my strengths? Because when I'm using my strengths, then it doesn't put a strain on me. You know, I don't feel like striving or working really hard, but I'm just using what God has naturally endowed me in and have built skills to help further that. So it comes quite naturally. So when you're really working from a place of strength and talent, things happen and you become a value to the group. And you have to recognize that everyone else on that team has a different strength. Nobody is actually created with the same strengths. I think we have very few people who have identical strengths. It's really a question of looking at life with abundance and seeing that you create and you have a particular niche and really stick to that niche and embrace other people with the niches that they bring so that they can be their best self and you can be your best self. And then together you can create a great team. Always believe in really know who you are and what you bring and be confident in that the team needs you. And unless you show it and demonstrate it, they would not know. And it's not so much about talking. It's about demonstrating in action. You know, people can see that your values are aligned to what you're saying, that your strengths are aligned to what you're doing. And then they will be excited to work with you. So many good points, including matching your values with action. So that's a really good takeaway for our audience too. And so in the midst of you noticing that internally and creating those opportunities, when did you start noticing people in the community noticing that and wanting to connect with you? Because uh, a lot of what I've seen externally has been your work with different organizations Mm -hmm. as an individual. So Mm -hmm. um, I guess, when did that start becoming part of your journey as well? Yeah. I like to serve and I like to serve in in areas that align to my values and align to what I believe in. So for instance, you know, with leadership, organizations reach out to me because I am passionate about developing leaders. I've done that for over 20 years. And it's something that I love 
to see leaders grow. I love to see when people really connect with the essence of who they are and where they want to be. And just, I love seeing people flourish. I love seeing people, you know, move from point A to B, whatever that point is. So that brings me a lot of joy. So it's through personal interaction and maybe people seeing the results of my work that, you know, they come to me for that kind of uh, support because I enjoy it. I genuinely enjoy doing that work. And lately, I've been involved with GAYWI, the Global Empowerment Initiative for Women. And that has been such a thrill for me because I'm now, you know, in a position where I can do what I do in the marketplace for Black female leaders. And it's such an incredible, incredible group of women leaders. My goodness, the power in that group you know, could definitely shoot a rocket to the moon. These are empowered, transformational leaders. And it's just a joy every month to just interact, to share ideas, and for me to impart the skills that I have. But it always is a catalyst for such wonderful conversation. So that gives me a lot of joy, of course, as, you know, African woman. So it, it just, just doing those kinds of things just bring me so much joy. And I always believe that when you're in a space where you're doing things that really bring you joy and add value to others, more will come. You know, I don't sit, you know, waiting or strategizing. I just open my heart and just continue doing what's in front of me. And then other opportunities come. And when they come and they align to things I really believe in, I really believe in elevating Black female voices. I think we need in this day and age to create and uplift and celebrate each other and be catalysts for connecting, you know, the passions and the skills and the opportunities. So definitely. Yeah. And I've definitely seen um, some screenshots of, <laughs> of that <laughs> workshop itself. There's yeah. so many women on there yeah. and I'm sure they're being so blessed by the skills that you're imparting to them. So I'm very excited to see the outcome of such a workshop. And even uh, along those lines, you have your own consulting now that's focused on this training and this Mm -hmm. leadership training. Mm -hmm. And so when did that start? And I guess, in a sense, what initiatives did you take to really make that brand known as well? Well, you know, that started, I always say someone always has a side hustle. And that's (laughs) coaching and consulting was my side hustle since 2012. I just don't make it very public because I also have a a full-time job. So as a side hustle, it is really a side hustle. So that again, you know, I get coaching clients. I have to fit it within the time that I have. For instance, with the GAYWI training, I do it on Saturdays because I do have full-time work. So, you know, I take opportunity for when I can do, you know, Saturdays or evening work. So that fits in within the current, you know, plate of responsibilities that I have right now. But I've had that side hustle since uh, 2012. Yes. And in light of what you're saying with leadership and people finding purpose, mm-hmm. um, feel free to answer this question if you're comfortable. Yeah. But I was going to say, do you feel like there was almost more of an interest for what you teach during the pandemic, given so many people were kind of mm-hmm. trying to figure themselves out and figure out, yeah, what's going on? Is my career still meaningful? Yeah. Where should yeah. I go from here? You know, you always get into an inflection point where you figure out, okay, I need to take stock of my life and just figure out if I'm on course. I think the pandemic and has really helped reprioritize people's lives. People have come to really figure out what's, what is really important and what they need to prioritize. 
So that has been a great opportunity for coaching because, again, you support people in their thinking process in terms of where they need to go next. So yeah. it's been a good inflection point, but I think I see these inflection points almost every day because, you know, everyone's journey is very different. You know, they're faced with circumstances that are unique in their lives. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they come to it at different points, whether it's through a career change, whether it's because they want to move to the next level, or whether it's because of a family change. So I do see these changes, of course, because I work with leaders across Canada. Everyone comes to that inflection point at uh, different stages. That's a really good point to make. So yeah. <laughs> even though there's like the bigger or macro inflection yeah. point, there's along the journey with individuals, like you said, they'll have their own depending on what they're experiencing. I guess I have a couple more questions. Did Mm -hmm. you yourself have a mentor or uh, someone speak into your life when you were starting this journey? Absolutely, yes, 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 and yes. I was very fortunate to have a mentor when I was starting my career in Saskatoon. And this is a lady who was part of my board of directors. And she almost volunteered herself to have lunch with me once a month. And I would pick a brain. Because again, and I'm speaking for myself, having been in a professional role in Kenya and being one in North America, some of the cultural cues are very different. My expectations about what would happen in a boardroom were very different in Kenya versus here. When I was in Kenya, if I presented something to my boss that he did not like, he just flat out told me, you know, this is not good. (laughs) Just go and repeat it. But here... You know, I was, as executive director, I was, you know, prepared reports and sometimes the conversations would be stimulating and sometimes there'd be silence. So I didn't know how to read the silence. I thought silence was consent. So that's what I would use the time for and pick a brain is how do I read some of those cultural cues? And to my surprise, silence is not always a good thing. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Sometimes it means that you need to maybe, you know, touch base with the chair and figure out what's, what went wrong because wow. something is not right. So uh, I found that as a huge, huge opportunity for me because honestly, mm-hmm. if I didn't have that translation, I probably would never have made it in that role. And it's something new. It was new. I, you cannot expect the same cultural cues to be what you experience. So having someone who can translate that someone who's a confidant, someone who can let you know what's actually going on beneath the surface and really be a sounding board for you, you know, to discuss those challenges. So I credit, you know, her so much, you know, Mm -hmm. for helping me cut my teeth in an executive role. And ever since, I've always had mentors and not one, several at the same time, Mm -hmm. because it's depending on what you're doing, that you need someone who has been, uh, who has gone ahead of you and, you know, just to help you. I think a mentor is definitely someone who everyone needs. And everyone is actually, I find most people are willing to mentor if you approach them and ask them and be very goal and purpose oriented as well. And say, I've noticed X and X and Y. Is that something that you'd mind sharing some ideas? And if the mentee, and I was a voracious mentee because I just wanted to learn some of these unwritten rules that you'll not find in books. You know, you won't find those kinds of things in books. And they're not in real time. And this person, fortunately, is observing me and can give me feedback on a specific thing. So I've had mentors, 
in the areas in my life. I have a mentor in a spiritual life. I have a mentor in my family life. I have a mentor in my PhD career. I have a mentor in my work life. So yes, that's just uh, the personal success team. A coach is another personal success team member that everyone needs to have. And I always compare it to sport coaching. You know, when you see these NBA games or basketball or whatever, I'm not very big in sports, but I see their coaches being in the forefront of the acknowledgements when the team wins, right? Yes. He is behind the scenes, but he is working with the team to make them shine. And that's a similar with leadership. You know, every leader needs a coach because the coach is the person that you are working with to really help you shine. They're in the background and they can be that confident, be sharpen your strategy, you know, help you sharpen all those things. Uh, that you require to be the best that you can be. So, yes, I call that the personal support team that, you know, every leader needs because a leader doesn't succeed on their own. They succeed. I always like the South African, um, there's an African proverb, actually, it's not South African. It's an African proverb. I can't credit the the country. (laughs) 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 But it says that if you want to run fast, go alone. But if you want to run far, with others so that's it all definitely no I really um love how you package that personal support team there's so many different types of mentors too like you you brought up and even coaching yeah that's something that's been on my mind more so Mm -hmm. (laughs) than before yeah (laughs) especially in this season I I feel Mm -hmm. like I've met a lot of really interesting mentors through zoom just because different fields I'm in and it's like first time in my life I'm like I think I might need an executive coach for some of these goals. Um, yeah, Happy really, to be your coach. Yeah. Yes. Oh, that would be cool, yes. actually. Yes. Yes. Um, and I was even going to say, too, um, you were also recently featured in our local newspaper. Mm-hmm. Um, and I wanted to ask a little bit about that and what do you value the most about your role today, especially now that people are beginning to recognize it, I guess, on a, on a much larger scale? Well, you know, the acknowledgement was quite a big surprise. I was not expecting that, but it was very poignant for me because it was 20 years since mm. I actually joined Leadership Saskatoon and the Don Ravis Alumni Award is named after my first boss. So Don Ravis was the chair of the board when I was executive director. So, cool. so it was a really great highlight, I would say, to receive an award after his name and also to receive an award from the organization that really introduced me to Saskatoon. So it was a good acknowledgement in looking back. I'm not one for, you know, awards and uh, I was feeling extremely awkward for the first few days. But on the other hand, though, it is a way for me to be grateful. And I chose to look at it is I need to thank God for the opportunities that he has opened for me. It's a way to glorify God because I think that I put him fast when I'm trying to look for opportunities, strategize and do the things that I do. So it was an opportunity for me to say, yeah, God, uh, look what you've done. You've been faithful. I thank you. It was great to thank the people who have been alongside me and say, thank you so much because without you, this could not have happened. And the, my tagline or my brand is insight, influence, and impact. And it was great to look at the impact. So I'm not just talking about influencing impact, but it was great from, to see from other people's eyes the impact that I've had 
on them and the organization. So it was a point of celebration uh, and a point of acknowledgement. And for me, it was a fresh inspiration to do, to keep doing. I think I'm, I knock wood. (laughs) I'm hoping that, you know, I still have a few more years before I retire. So it was just a second wind in my sails just to, you know, to, I was inspired to just keep doing what I do and do it even better. That's amazing. And thank you so much, um, Betty, for taking time today to be on the podcast and really share a lot of value for our audience just in these uh, you know, uh, 20, 30 minutes we had together. I'm sure a lot of people will really appreciate the words you've said, the words of wisdom you've said. And if you don't mind just giving our audience, um, where can they find you and connect with you, especially if they want leadership coaching? <laughs> yes, yeah. absolutely. I think the best way to connect with me is to go to bmcoachingandconsulting.ca. So that's more letters, bmcoachingandconsulting.ca. Or to reach me through my email, through LinkedIn, I'm Betty Motueri. Through Twitter, I'm Betty Motueri. Through Instagram. I am Inspired Leadership or Betty Motueri. So all those social, you know, uh, outlets and also from the website, I think would be a good overview because I don't usually post on the other social handles as much, uh, but that would be a good way for them to get in touch with me. Great. That's fantastic. So uh, you all can connect with her and thank you again for being on the show. Thank you so much, Fee, and have a wonderful day. This was lovely. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Thank you so much.